I'm Melissa. And I'm Jesse. And this, this is, is the Reimagined Success, Success Podcast. Podcast. We're a husband and wife team who want to make a difference. Keeping up with the Joneses can be exhausting, and we can often lose sight of what we are accomplishing. We're here to reimagine success and to celebrate the steps it takes us to get there. Big or small, we want to showcase success stories that will inspire, motivate, and help propel you towards greatness in your own life. So come reimagine success with us and let's let's go go on on this this journey journey together. together. This week's episode brought to you by Deadly Crimson, a published comic book series picked up by Creative Global Entertainment. It's a compelling and thrilling action story with comedic elements similar to the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. The story will keep you gripping the edge of your seat while retaining an emotional center. Deadly Crimson is an action-adventure story about a scientist-turned-assassin who must rescue her kidnapped daughter despite the most criminal masterminds against her. Find out more at www.deadlycrimson.com. Instagram and Facebook at Deadly Crimson. And email is crimsonisdeadly at gmail.com. Welcome back to another edition of Reimagine Success. Hope everybody's had an extremely successful week so far, and we are just doing amazing today. Can't wait for you guys to meet our new guest. Yes, this week we have an exciting guest for you, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Tim Bannock is a Shop Disney website producer and an e-commerce analyst, website producer, and indie game designer. He's recently been tapped by Hero Case Games founder Leon Dole as game moderator for the actual play superhero role-playing game podcast, Let's Start Over, Shall We?, as well as lead game developer for a series of games that will bridge the categories of superheroes, fantasy horror, and children's games. He currently resides in the Los Angeles area with his ridiculously amazing partner and his amazingly ridiculous dog. Welcome, Tim, to Tim. the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. How are you guys doing? Good. How we're, are you? We're wonderful. I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I got, uh, got some new stuff coming out soon, and it's a uh, really exciting time. So. Yeah. So speaking of that, that uh, let's just dive right into it. So this new game that you have going on, um, tell us a little bit about your story and how that started and uh, what kind of game is this? Uh, we want to know all about you. Sure. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, the, that, that background was, was uh, very well worded, if I may say so myself, because I wrote it. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but um, yeah, so I've, I've been, um, you know, outside of my day job, uh, gaming is, has been my life since I was like five years old. Um, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons uh, back in the day. I won't say how long ago, but it was a very long time ago um, <laughs> when my cousin, my brother recruited me into it. And I was only five years old. So I was there just to like roll funky looking dice, um, you know, and they, they had much more serious, uh, you know, games going and goals with it. Um, but it immediately got me into uh, gaming, you know, uh, role playing games, board games, video games, all that kind of stuff followed. So um, what I'm doing now, what I'm working on now is uh, this superhero game called Astonishing Superheroes. Um, It's actually, um, it's kind of harkens back to that childhood memory uh, very closely because it's sort of an update and a remix modernization, if you will, of an older game. So um, without getting too crazy into legal stuff, there's a thing called the open game license, which um, allows you to take certain older games that have existed and um and you know 
remix them, change them, you know, to your own ends and, mm -hmm. and publish them uh, as your own creation. And so we're using that to create this game, Astonishing Superheroes, um, to modernize it and really bring it into the modern day with a lot more diversity. Um, you know, the game that it's originally based on was a really fun game, but it's born in the 80s. So it has, you know, a very um, kind of one note look to it. You know, right. it comes from a very uh, trite, if you will, <laughs> Uh, worldview, maybe. Yeah, like a like um, a two D kind of perspective. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's, Are you able to say which game it was based off of? Oh yeah. I, I, you know, I um, I you know, if there's a lawyer who calls me, I'll I'll let you know, and that'll be a fun <laughs> update to this episode. But I don't think that's actually how it works. So, uh, no. So the uh, it's actually Marvel Superheroes was the original game, and it's really interesting in this case. Uh, just to take a quick aside though, um, Marvel worked with TSR, who were the creators of Dungeons & Dragons, to make this Marvel superheroes role-playing game, right? And the funny thing was, it, it was so early in the industry of role-playing games, and they were such a niche kind of thing, that Marvel kind of didn't really care um, about the game system itself. They were just like, you know, put out a thing so people can, you know, play our characters, right? And so the copyright on the game system was separate from the copyright of Marvel Comics which is kind of like this weird legal space to work in and, and makes it actually perfect for updating um, the game system to, you know, a more, uh, or a different worldview, you know, in, in superhero games. There's so much more breadth than just Marvel Comics nowadays in DC Comics. There's so much more going on. Like you see things like The Boys on Amazon and stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. it, it's very easy yeah. to kind of like find a, a different avenue to take it. Um, and so, um, just to really quickly get back to uh, this game specifically, what uh, Leon Dole, who you mentioned, he created um, Hero Case Games and the Let's Start Over Shall We podcast. The idea was it was originally just him, myself, and, and about a dozen friends getting together and just playing role-playing games to have fun. But it quickly became, uh, we started getting more and more players. It quickly became this idea of let's... Um, let's do something bigger. Um, the podcast side is, is one small piece of it, and that's um, us playing a game and recording it. Um, we're using the Marvel Cinematic Universe as kind of our campaign world, but we're like doing nice. changes to it and oh, cool. yeah, make it, you know, make it really fun and interesting. So people have that touchstone of they know the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we're like taking the characters in different directions. Mm -hmm. um, but then that's just a small piece of it. Then this game is like a separate thing. So we can start doing uh, the thing that's more, I think, Leon's passion and also mine to some degree is, is finding different avenues to make gaming sort of educational or finding different avenues to bring it to people who, um, you know, don't necessarily have access to um, these sorts of social groups where, where gaming is acceptable. It's still kind of like the nerdy thing to do in some audiences. And, and we really want to break down those sorts of barriers. And so Leon has these crazy ideas of um you know really just uh tackling things like um children's games um finding ways to uh speak to children with different disabilities and, and mm -hmm. how do you create a game that goes around that and the last thing i'll say on it is um he has a sister podcast called piping hot mess <laughs> which is uh a line from tony stark in, in iron man yeah. um mm -hmm. and it's and it's about um, where he he speaks with several um, licensed um, mental health uh, professionals and and therapists um, about 
mental health and how it's portrayed in the comics and the movies and stuff like that. And so, and that's, you know, kind of a, a very good example of like where he wants to take this, you know, uh, you know, to really normalize conversation around that, which is a huge subject and, you know, uh, it's, it's a really big deal. So all of that said, my piece of it is, okay, so how do we do the gaming component of that? How can we kind of like reach these audiences and things like that? So. Right. That's, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Um, Yeah, no, I was just going to say that's really impressive. And I know that the metaverse is such a huge um, part of our, or going to be such a huge part of our life. Now, have you thought about taking this game and this universe and turning it into a metaverse like Fortnite. I know a lot of kids are into Fortnite and um, roadblocks and and things like that. Now, do you have any ideas of how you can kind of create that and turn it into your own metaverse? Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So I, you know, funny enough, I work in technology for my day job. I'm not really the website and tech guy for this project, uh, oddly enough, because he has, he's assembled people who, uh, you know, really a team of people. Mm -hmm. And so he has all these plans to do exactly that sort of thing. You know, I think um, the the first step is getting out the role-playing game, obviously, but, but to some degree is figuring out, okay, what are the ways we can, we can digitize this experience? Um, you know, and I, and I think there's, there's like the simple immediate answers of having like a character builder. So you can mm-hmm. build your own superhero using the powers in this game, right. uh, you know, and, and see yourself represented as a hero. Right. Um, and, your and own so, avatar is really cool. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's so hugely popular in every yeah. field, right? So, um, you know, so he's already laying the groundwork for ideas like that. And then there's broader ideas outside of that. I, I don't foresee it coming to um, like a video game style, uh, you know, we, because one thing we, we found that's so unique about role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, um, it's, um, is that social element normally be face to face, but we live in COVID times. So right. it's a little different now, but, uh, right. but meeting like this through zoom or, or whatever, there, there still are so many aspects where you have a uh, more or less face to face. And the things he's talking about with like, in terms of like therapists, like how do we build simple games that provide choices um, for children who need to understand um, and, and be taught things like, basic morality even right you know, yeah. simply, uh, you know because of things like autism or, or other issues where they're not empathizing uh, you know as a quote-unquote normal person would well here's a teachable moment where you have a game that rewards acting like a hero mm-hmm. you know um, and, and things of that nature and so there's definitely that aspect of, of, of finding different channels to get to different audiences that's awesome well everybody you heard it here first uh, role-playing games is no longer for just for nerdy people living in their mother's basements <laughs> That's right. or doctors to help, you know, fix neurological issues and, and right. to give treatment. That's so awesome that yeah. you're taking something that has had a, I hate to say it this way, but it's had a negative stigma over the years, sure. unfortunately, yeah. even yeah. though like it's just good, clean fun that people are having. And for whatever reason, it gets looked down upon as being this nerdy weirdo thing mm-hmm. that is kind of underground and, but you're taking it and putting it in a new light for people to not just enjoy, but to grow and to uh, help their mental states and stuff like that. I, I love this idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, it's I, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that that kind of summary of of how it's gone. You know, um, I, it parallel so many things parallel each other, right? And I think comic books um, to gaming uh, is a great parallel. You had comic books became this huge thing after World War II. Here's where I'm going to get into my nerdy history knowledge, <laughs> um, but it became this thing that was like an es uh, escapism from you know the the biggest war to ever engulf the entire human race right i mean that's that's a big mm -hmm. deal and, and mm -hmm. it's also a big deal to find entertainment and to escapism in some form then then in the you know early 80s 70s 80s uh comics were vilified and people were like oh look at this lascivious uh superheroes in their shorts you know outfits showing off all that skin <laughs> and uh the comic book creators code was you know created and stuff to create ratings for them and then slowly but surely now we're here today where comic-con is literally the biggest event every year right yeah. i mean yeah you know outside every of like the super bowl <laughs> yeah um, exactly you know so that's no longer a niche audience, right? That's mm -hmm. everybody. Marvel Cinematic Universe proves that. And uh, games are coming the same way. I think it, it took them a, a, a little bit longer of a time because it was, role-playing games were such a small subset of like board games and video games, which mm -hmm. quickly overtook them. But I think it's coming back around. I, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with um, Critical Role, if you've ever heard of that show, but that's, uh, you know, that was five or six voice actors getting together and playing a weekly D&D campaign and broadcasting it to the world. They had more mm -hmm. views than most TV shows get, oh, wow. like most A-list TV shows. And they had a Kickstarter to create an animated series based on it that got, I don't even remember how many tens of millions of dollars. And then um, Amazon looked at it and was like, okay, we're going to put that on streaming on Amazon Prime. I mean, so to, to see something go from D&D being, you know, very few people know what it is and everybody looks at it and is like, ah, oh, that's weird to, you know, making tens of millions of dollars off. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's totally mainstreaming now. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, we both are, I'd say, pretty interested in the comic book superhero <laughs> realm. Uh, yeah, you a might know something bit, about that. Yeah. Know. <laughs> I, I actually, may have created a comic book yeah. or two. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Melissa has a lot more uh, hands-on with it. I grew up in a comic book store. My parents owned a oh, comic no book card and toy store uh, my whole childhood when I lived yeah. in New York uh, up until wow. I was 10 years old. So I grew up around superheroes every single day. It was always my favorite stuff. And then, of course, I married a <laughs> an amazing writer a who living developed her own superhero <laughs> right. who dresses like the superhero when we go to Comic-Con. And uh, it's really cool to walk around and watch her display her superhero and to see the comic books come to life and uh, getting ready to drop the second issue of that. So if you need any more characters for your game, uh, I think we've got a good one over here. <laughs> I know, right? Right. There, there's a partnership like already forming here, I think. <laughs> I, I, I feel it. I feel the love. I feel the love. <laughs> mm -hmm. You need some more uh, awesome women characters. I mean, there's, right. they're few and far between. Yeah, I mean, you're not kidding. I mean, one, one of the things we did when we were doing this game, um, we had our cast who's been playing with us in, in the Let's Start Over Shall We podcast, is, like I said, it started off as this group of friends, and it, and it is all friends. It's all people we know who we brought in. But it's this, it's now numbering over twenty people, as I recall. It's a hugely hugely diverse cast, and so one of the things we're doing, you know, we're playing in the MCU, right? So you have these amazing um, characters who are keystones to different um, viewpoints and and show off the diversity of the Marvel universe. So you have Black Panther, you have 
Falcon, and and we're bringing those characters in uh, to our games earlier than they would appear in the MCU. Because of that, we have this hugely diverse cast. Why wait on you right. know Black Panther until like three quarters of the way through the you know phase whatever three of of MCU? It's like no, bring this guy in right away. Absolutely, like this, yeah. That's a viewpoint you want to have, and so. Um, you know, having uh, one of the other things we want to do, speaking specifically for uh, representation for women, Pepper Potts uh, in, in the MCU, her role for like the first like eight movies is to be like, Tony, don't be a jerk, you know, and that's like. <laughs> it's the, conscious, the, like <laughs> right, yeah. cricket. Yeah. Right. And, and she does really nothing else until Endgame where she shows up as, as rescue and, and blows away aliens and is awesome. Like we had her, the player who's, um, playing that character Callie she was like okay like I want to play Pepper Potts but I want this character to be awesome like right from the start and so those were you know we talked through the changes made her an agent of shield at some point you know it's like these are the kinds of stories you could tell in a role-playing game and only in a role-playing game you don't Mm -hmm. see it in the movies you see them sometimes flub it in the movies and then after a while get it right or you see it in like your comic book series it's taken this long to have you know, strong, uh, female-written, female-empowered character who shows mm-hmm. up and is and is the star of the show. It shouldn't be that way, right? You know, first of all, so let's let's find different avenues to to tell those stories. And you know, this game is hopefully one of those ways people can see themselves in it. I know this isn't going to work so well on a podcast. I, I I finally got the physical copies for approval. Oh, cool! Cover. Yeah. Which, it looks awesome for everybody that's listening. Yeah, if you guys are listening, <laughs> it's got color. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, we, we've revealed it online. So that, so there are, you know, it's on Twitter. The artist who created it, Tani Brown, she actually did the cover reveal on her Twitter, and we've since shared it around. So it's, nice. it's more and we'll than we'll be sharing it on and our we'll story. we'll share it as well. Yes. So you guys yes. can all uh, see yeah. the amazing artwork. Yeah, it, and the, the thing we gave her, we were like, okay, you know, we, we have um, – we gave her uh, basically no direction. We're, we're like, create a diverse cast of superheroes and villains. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and go. <laughs> and, and, uh, and Tani was like, okay, so um, give me a few characters that you've already created and their powers. No other information, not what they look like, nothing like, uh, just like their power set. And, um, and then they came up with this cover. And wow. it's just absolutely gorgeous. And it, and it, again, you can't really see it too well from here. But um, when you go find it online, it's just this incredibly um, diverse cast of superheroes that you do not see, uh, you know, in, in typical comics on the mm-hmm. cover of something like that. And you certainly don't see it, I don't think, yet in role-playing games in this genre, you know, that role-playing games, like I said, are kind of lagging behind it in some ways. This right. is one of those ways. Mm-hmm. So now, hopefully this is something nice to see. Yeah. Now, as somebody who works for Disney, who's also, you know, Disney, for those that don't know, because you've been living under a rock, owns the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe now. Um, are you able to leverage any of your relationships from your work career to help uh, maybe get some animators to help alongside of this, or are people from the Disney Corporation, Marvel Universe people, are they involved in this, or is it all people from outside of those? So, areas? yeah, it's completely outside. Of, you know, it would be, I think, one of the um, the funny things that goes on behind the scenes is as we we started our podcast. We started to come up with this idea, it started gelling, we started writing it, and then Marvel announced that they're making their own Marvel role-playing game for the first time oh, wow. in many years. <laughs> um, they, they had let it stay dormant in role-playing games for like 
10 years or maybe even a little bit more. So they just announced theirs. And so there's no way we could really leverage that because they've got their own team. Mm. Um, and I work in uh, the, the, the portion that I work for is their e-commerce. And so there's really no connection to like the Marvel studios or anything like that, uh, right. you know, other than selling their awesome merchandise. Um, <laughs> but so we couldn't leverage that from, from that standpoint. That said, the people who we do have involved, um, you know, I, I keep saying they're, they're a group of our friends, which they are, but these are all people who, um, who either live mostly in New York or LA. A lot of them are in either, uh, the gaming industry, the comic industry, um, they are artists or creators of their own kind. Some of them have written for, um, you know, mainstream television that is superheroes. Some of them have written and published comics. You know, I'm talking to a comic creator right here, <laughs> and and so it's more of that. Like, yeah. Um, so it's a group of people who are all already kind of like you know immersed in that world, and so. Um, I will admit that this first book is is sort of a, a was a very small team, so we didn't we didn't really reach outside. We really wanted to get this out um, because, like I said, this is a remix of an older game that's not really in print anymore. So we really wanted to get this out and lay a foundation. The second book and, and subsequent projects that we're going to be doing, that's going to be much bigger teams involved and and kind of hitting it from all different sides. And I, so I think you'll see a lot more of that impact of um you know a bigger crew of people who are um, all creators in some form or fashion yeah i mean so far it sounds so impressive now what are some of the struggles that you've dealt with um creating the book and also creating the game um great question the um the biggest one is is the time sink in it um, you would think having this, uh, you know, it's a system that already existed at some point in the 80s. Um, you know, it's had a fan base that has been with it all that time and is still very active. You would think that would make it easier. It doesn't actually at all. <laughs> um, because, you know, the, the idea of adding that diversity and modernization and, and making it so it doesn't feel like a game that's born in the 80s, mm -hmm. um, that's actually pretty hard, <laughs> as it turns out. And so it took a lot of, uh, you know, we rewrote it from the ground up. Like there's still those rules and those mechanisms and how the game works that are very clearly, um, you know, from the original game um, and it's very compatible. But we, we rewrote everything from the ground up for clarity um, to make sure it felt like a modern game. And so the time sink was, was pretty big. Um, you know, it was really in development for about a year um kind of off and on but mostly on and then it was like four months of just hardcore work um on it to get it to the stage where it could then go into layout um and and get the cover art done and so that took another few months and things to wrap up um and so you know it's a very long process definitely uh, feels like it took about a uh, or it sorry it took about a year it feels like it took about 10 years luckily not off in my life but yeah. <laughs> uh, um but it, it it was it actually ended up being coming in or i was able to work at it during a time where i ended up having a lot of free time during the day so it didn't kill my nights and weekends which is amazing oh, and good. will never happen again yeah. <laughs> which is unfortunate but um <laughs> 
So that yeah, because we were gonna we were gonna ask how creating a book and creating a game and creating you know this entire universe it's got to be very time consuming and you know you have a lovely partner which I love Lori um, and uh, she's my I do you know <laughs> um, she was actually my first uh, best friend out in L A the first girl that I met and we just stayed friends ever since so shout out to your love. Um, so, but yeah, it, speaking of that, you know, going and creating all of this, it, it has to be damaging on your life, um, you know, but if you're able to do that during the day and you're able to, um, you know, do your day job as well, then props to you. A lot of people can't do that. No, yeah, it, it's definitely, it was kind of a perfect confluence of events that this timing happened. And like I said, it, it probably will never happen again. And I, and I really mean that. I don't think it'll ever happen this way again. It'll, <laughs> you know, my ne the next one we'll be working on is going to be much more like maybe nights and weekends here and there um, to do. But um, it, it helped in some ways um, that my day job is a lot of like doing database, doing technical work. And so it's not truly on a schedule. Um, I mean, it, it is and it isn't sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a little bit of wiggle room in there, I, you know, I'll, but the vast majority of it, I would say probably 90% of the words that appear in this were written on lunch breaks. Nice. So it's like, wow. you know, my hour for lunch, yep. you know, luckily we're, we're all working from home. Right. So it's very easy to have a sandwich ready at any given time and, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, whatever, and, and, and not have to be able to have to like walk away and do that, like decompress, go back to work, decompress, mm -hmm. do this, you know, it, it was very much, um, an opportunity that I was able to make the most of, a you know, an otherwise awful situation, but, but turn right. it into yeah. something productive. I feel like, uh, COVID has yeah. been even though it's been terrible, don't get me wrong. It, right. Like it's been such <laughs> right. a horrible thing, but right. I feel like for creatives, it's been a real blessing because it's given us an opportunity to have extra time at mm -hmm. home to be creative and to work on these passion projects when we might not have actually had that time otherwise. Cause we, like you said, we're working from home. So not just the time that you're spending outside of your home at work, but the commute time, especially the in LA. Traffic. Good yeah. Grief. Like, yeah. I bet that's okay. adding so many hours back to your life uh, that you didn't have that now you can devote to stuff that you want to do like mm -hmm. this project and the upcoming uh, books and stuff that are going along with it. So it's nice that it kind of reset the world in a way to where we can step back and say, okay, I'm, I have to make time for the things that are important to me right? Uh, because now I have this extra time that I can utilize. And, and I think the challenge going forward is going to be, okay, so how do I continue to make that time for myself? And you, you said you were going to use a lot of nights and weekends coming up, but I imagine that'll eventually get old. Uh, do you, <laughs> you, do you want to, make this into a full-time career shift for you? Is that your ultimate goal or is this still something that's going to be kind of a side project for you going forward? What, what's your goal with this? Um, yeah. I, you know, for me, I've, so I'd, I'd published several books before this, um, almost all of them digitally. Um, so I've been working in role-playing games uh, as a kind of an indie uh, developer and publisher for, for quite a while now, since about 2016, I think. So I've, I've already like, kind of uh, forged that time or, or done that, but I've, I've only done it in spurts. And to, to answer the question a little bit more directly, I don't foresee ever doing it full time myself. Um, I definitely am the sort of person who enjoys more of the project management side of it and, um, 
and kind of like the the play testing and the ideation the actual day-to-day -day of it is is not really my uh cup of tea <laughs> um, I, I think i'm good at it because i'm organized but i but i think there are people that are much better at it and i would much rather be the one supporting them and giving them that um which is kind of what we hope to do with the sub second and subsequent um books and stuff that we're going to be putting out um mm -hmm. i think yeah I, th I think it's it's very hard to balance being a creative um and having the day job. And I think, you know, obviously the, the best possible world is where your creativity is your day job. But um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is as much as I love both of the things, I actually prefer the day job a little bit more and I prefer the project management side more. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't think I would ever do this full time unless I was um, the developer like strictly mm -hmm. the developer not the writer um which is kind of the role i'm taking with hero case games so leon's um uh business that he's he's creating out of this or nonprofit, i think is is where it's headed possibly um but that that's sort of what he's trying to do he, he wants to create this kind of infrastructure so that i could be um a developer and not the writer um you know so so we'd be able to do more of that kind of work so you just, your answer is, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's probably more. Fewer life takes you. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm what, 40 years old. I don't know what, what I want to be when I grow up. So that's fine. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, that's totally fine. Just do it all. <laughs> right. No one says you have to do one thing. <laughs> and I think that's what's awesome is that you're, you're saying at 40, you could literally go any direction in your life. And that's something that I always try to point out uh, when we have guests like you that are doing stuff later in life like this. Uh, and I say later in life very loosely because right. the, the, there's the no truth, timeline. Yeah, the truth is there's <laughs> right. zero timeline. Yeah. Let, let's say any hypothetical person graduates college around 21 years old. Okay, you're now 40. So you've had roughly 20 years in the workforce. You still have another 25-ish years left in right. the workforce. Right. That's the entire time you've been working plus more. So for those people that feel like they're stuck in a dead-end job mm -hmm. or or like they, they're not happy with what they're doing, you literally can change your direction at any point in time. Like even if you decided to go back to school today and get a new degree and pursue something completely different, you still have 20 years left to do that. <laughs> and so it, like I love the idea that you keep your life open with with the idea that you can just go where it takes you and you don't have to worry about okay i definitely want to do this and i definitely want to do that and that's my goals and that's what i'm going to stick to mm -hmm. it's good to have goals but it's also good to keep a loose mentality of where you want your life to go and just see where it takes you because you never know what opportunities will arise in the future yeah yeah, if, if I may actually expound on that for just one second. Yeah. Absolutely, go for it, it. That's, you know, that's a very good summation of, of kind of where I've been at, at multiple points in my life. And this is, is no different. Like, um, you know, when I, I kind of stumbled into e-commerce, never, never went to school for it. I was an English major, which is super helpful for writing books like this. Right. Um, and make, editing them and making them clear. Um, didn't really have a huge impact on e-commerce, but I ended up in e-commerce just kind of because I've since done that since 2006. So that's been quite a while, right? Um, but even at this point, 
while working on this, while working my day job, um, Disney is, is doing some crazy stuff with, with moving around its divisions such that um, I'm actually looking at a career change soon. And oh, wow. it's all good news. Like it's, it's a totally good thing. So I'm actually hmm. back in school at the same time doing a data analytics certification. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, anybody who thinks, uh, you know, that they're locked in really at any point in their life is, is only as locked in as their own mind keeps them that yeah. way. Um, yep. You know, I've changed jobs, you know, a gazillion times, not because I was fired. Uh, so that's important, <laughs> you know, I did it by choice, so that's important. Um, but I've also, you know, followed up on my education multiple times. And, um, you know, if there's one thing that does eat into my nights and weekends, it's that certification, but it's a very short-term thing and, and it can lead to a massive shift in my career. Um, you know, and, and, you know, if, depending on how this does, how this book does and how, um, Hero Case Games does and, and Leon's other initiatives, like that could totally end up, you know, working for a nonprofit or, or something else. Like these avenues are things you kind of create, you know, mm -hmm. to some degree and also that you keep an eye out for because some of them you can't create on your own. So you just have to keep your ear to the ground and, um, you know, being closed off to them is a bad idea. You want, you want to stay open, stay alert, and you'll find stuff that you love and the things you love may change over time too. But uh, that's all advice from a forty-year-old guy. So yeah. Know. Well, speaking <laughs> for what it's worth. Yeah. Well, speaking of advice, um, if there's someone out there that actually has a game idea or has a comic book idea, or you know, a role-playing game of their own, uh, what advice would you give to those people, no matter what stage they're in in life? Uh, what advice would you give? Um, I mean, first of all, pursue it. The the the. The best piece of advice I've ever heard, and so this isn't necessarily the advice I, I would give other than to parrot it, is um, it, you haven't done anything until you've done it. And, and that kind of means um, the thing isn't finished until it's done. Um, and so you could take a negative spin on that and be like, oh, you know, I got to work really hard and make this thing perfect. That's not really that. It's, it's really get the thing done because once it's out in the world, you will get feedback. And mm -hmm. no matter how much time you've spent perfecting it, you will get feedback that is sometimes questions why you even did it in the first place or some small piece <laughs> of it. You know what I mean? Like that, that's just the way of the world. And so- You mean I everybody's mean, not just gonna praise you immediately when you put something <laughs> out? I, it's unbelievable, but apparently that is true. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, the, this book is, is kind of a testament to that. Like, like I mentioned, we wanna lay a foundation to get the rules set out there again. So that's what this book is. Is we kind of barreled through this and and you know some people might think oh a year of development time four months of hard writing that's that's a lot of work and sure to some degree it was but it was fun because mm -hmm. i enjoyed doing it so if you have an idea if you want to do something like that get it out there like do the thing get it out there um the advice that isn't me parroting someone else um would simply be that it's um comic books shows, movies, scripts, uh, role-playing games, board games. I think a lot of that stuff is, is reaching this new mainstream. You know, some of these things were already perennially popular, like movies and stuff, but role-playing games, comic books to a certain degree are having this like newfound resurgence. Um, and so it's really hard to stand out. And so my advice there is is don't 
think of it as you're trying to find, um, you know, the unique twists, um, you know, or, or you don't have an idea until it feels unique. It's not that at all. It's really, what do you bring to the story that's you? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't even have to be unique. And I think that's something a lot of people harp on the uniqueness of things and everybody is unique. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But just tell the story you want to tell. It'll be unique because of that, but don't try to think of it as uniqueness. I think it's so easy to get hung up on that. Um, this game, it's based on an older game. I mean, it couldn't kind of couldn't be any less unique in that, in, in that way. It's it's a derivative work, right? But we found our spin of how to modernize it and how to make it this kind of um, more. I don't know if interesting is the right word, but it, but certainly seemingly more captivating. More, Sounds more yeah. captivating for right, sure. Yeah, it, 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 right. It, it has this bigger view behind mm-hmm. it, and um, and it leads to somewhere else than just gaming. It has the, all these other aspects into it um, that you know you, know, you ne- wouldn't necessarily find in this genre of role playing game, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it unique. We didn't set out like how are we going to make it unique. We were just like here's the game we want to play and have fun with. Boom. Right. Yes. Now it's this thing, you're right? So you're saying don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, just don't. drive the way you want. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Drive drive at the speed you find most fun that doesn't endanger other people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to mix metaphors. Don't kill anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah, try not to. <laughs> well, you know, um, Deadly Crimson has been a project that I've been working on for a while. And when you, I, I'm a small man team. It's <laughs> just pretty much me and, you know, the, the people that's behind me. But when you're working on something and I'm really excited about the second book and really how, where it goes. And I know the fourth and fifth and sixth book that's going to be coming out is going to be a completely different spin that everyone is going to be like mind blown, Um, (laughs) you know, but it it didn't start out that way. And that's the really unique thing about projects. They start off as, you know, a straight line. And then by the end of it, it's this wavy, curvy, you know, beautiful thing that comes out of it and blossoms. And it's just such a unique story and every project and every innovation and everything that we do in life is all a really unique story at the very, very end. And um, that's what you need to do. Every, when you are looking at something, when you are trying to invent something, when you're trying to create something, just remember, it's not going to be a straight line at the end. It's going to be curvy and it's going to (laughs) be, you know, dives and dips and, and edges. Um, Just, just know that all of that makes it a beautiful story. Yeah. The, the, the thing that drew me to role-playing games from so early on has made me stick with it for, you know, 20, 30 years now, 30 something years. Good God. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, but the, the thing about it is, uh, you know, you play a video game or you read a book, the ending is there. It's already <laughs> written, whatever you, you might have some journey that is unique and different to you as a person going on that, but the thing is complete. The thing that about role-playing games is that you play to find out, and that's that's kind of a, um, a philosophy that's been uh, spoken of a lot more often in recent years in different role-playing games. You play to find out. You don't have an ending. You're getting together and creating characters um, you know, with a group of friends. So it's five of you all putting your own spin into this thing you create together. And so there's no one there at the table who knows how it's going to end up, you know, after you've done that. And, and I think that's the beauty of it. And that, that speaks exactly to your point 
um, you know, every journey, you know, whether it's about the end or it's whether it's about the journey, you're going to go on a journey, whether right. you like it or not. And, and, it's, <laughs> and you're going to meet complications. You're going to find friends. You know, you're going to have all these little aspects to it and, and it, you know, open yourself to that and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. Love yeah, it. I love that. Um, and, and now as far as where you're going to take this next, you said that you're going to uh, kind of launch the children's portion of that. Is that already out right now or is that something that's coming? So that's something that's coming. So we have we have one more book um, specifically for this game, um, Astonishing Superheroes. That's kind of the second book, which which kind of closes the loop and gives you a lot more tools and, and fun things to play with. Um, whereas the first book is is just the rules to kind of get you playing and and have it out there so people know what we're doing on our podcast. Um, <laughs> The uh, the children's side of it is I think is basically the next step. So we're um, Leon has already been in, uh, conversing with a, f- a few um, licensed therapists, I believe, um, who who are specialized in developmental learning and things like that. And so they're working their way through what does um, you know the simplified, more educational form of this game look like. And so that's kind of. It's in the ideation stage right now. I think they may even have like a working, um, you know, central like conceits and mechanics um, at this point, but it's it's still pretty much in its infancy, but that is the next step. So um, I wonder if that'd be something that you could market to schools. I remember when we were kids, we used to play Oregon Trail at school all the time. And it was was fun and it was educational. And it It was so hard. It was hard. I always (laughs) broke the wagon wheel. I always died of dysentery. (laughs) Who didn't? Right? (laughs) Um, So like, is this something that you could foresee going into maybe the education system to help like grow kids in different aspects in their normal educational experience? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that is, that is um, part of the goal, like is, is to find ways to, uh, the, what different channels this can be used to help with uh, development in, in different aspects. And um, so I, I definitely foresee that. There's, there are actually already existing programs um, and I can't think of a single name of them off the top of my head, but maybe I can uh, remember an email or something. But the, there are programs where it's about um, establishing like a role-playing club in school and using that as a mm. form of teaching. And so some teachers have already done this and they've used, you know, pretty traditional methods like Dungeons and Dragons, you know, as a role-playing game and things like that. But there, there are, uh, it's kind of like a, a very small niche niche right now, but it is growing where where people are creating games that are more focused in this way and that's mm-hmm. that's definitely leon's idea i think one of the games is i could be mistaken but it's called no thank you evil and oh. uh the idea is that um you know kids as young as like three or four as long as they can talk they can play this game they come up with ideas and you have um the, the as a player you have the ability to if something you know seems scary or is not something you understand uh you know, based on your age or something like that, um, you can say no, thank you, evil, and then <laughs> you collaborate as a group to to get that thing out of the game. Oh, wow. uh, and so, you know, it's kind of like this neat safety tool, um, so you don't like you know start 
running a horror game scenario with a bunch of like five-year-olds or something like that, you know? Right. Um, right. But, it, but it, there's more of a teaching element to it. I'm probably describing it fairly poorly, but, but there's a teaching element to it. And I, so I think there is this undercurrent of a lot more games like headed in that direction and finding ways they can be used for more than just entertainment. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. super cool. Um, I'm really excited about this personally because my our, our son is uh super into pokemon yeah and uh <laughs> he's he's getting to that age where he's kind of understanding a little bit more of the role-playing stuff mm-hmm. and you know how to how to have points and yeah. the attack numbers and all that kind of stuff so i think this would be right up his alley as he you know starts to get more into that kind of stuff so i'm definitely going to be investing in this for him yeah for sure and, for sure and it'd be and, a cool thing that we can play together and do as a family because uh, we're all a little bit nerdy. Oh, yeah. it's just right. I mean, I, I wrote a comic book. How much nerdy right. can I get? Yeah, like this is uh, this is exactly our bread and butter. I, th- <laughs> we actually had a, I literally had a conversation with Leon this morning, and and we, we were talking about like other, some of the other versions of this we can do, and uh, like a monster hunting, monster taming style mm-hmm. game was one of the things we came up with. He okay. he started off. He's like ah bounty hunters boba fett blah 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 and I, i'm like pokemon <laughs> uh, it's like you can take it in any direction right yeah yeah, yeah it's awesome we'll definitely have to get with you and do a, a little role-playing game one day so yes. we can see how it goes. a little training sesh yeah right i'd, I'd be happy to do that <laughs> well tim uh why don't you this is my our favorite part of the podcast yeah. why don't you tell us i know a lot's been going on you just developed a book and everything but what specific success stories have happened most recently that you want to celebrate with us um okay yeah Big so or small. <laughs> yeah. you know i this book is obviously uh a, a big one for me right now um this i i i I think I kind of alluded to it. This is the first time I'm really do, doing something that's in print. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all my stuff before is digital. To be able to hold this book in my hand right oh. now is is really cool. Yeah, um, I know that had, feeling. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the comic. Yeah, yeah, getting that from the Kickstarter, Deadly Crimson was... Yeah. You know, it's one thing to read about it and to and to hear the ideas and to see the enthusiasm, but then to hold it in your hands, right, like, and flip the like pages, is, right? Yeah, another level. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, I think I think that's a huge one because there was this uh, small but really tight team of people who came in and and really made it a reality. Like, you know, I did a lot of the writing, um, but not all of it, and so we had a few other people involved in that. But the um, art, the cover art, and the layout. The team we had on that, Tani Brown and Anya Savara, um, absolutely just like turned this thing from like, oh, this is a cool idea. And, you know, let's be honest, I'm a white guy saying diversity, diversity, like that, you know, only holds so much water to see that this diverse group of people behind this project made it into a diverse looking reality Mm -hmm. is is totally mind blowing. It just looks so cool and, and not like anything else you've seen in this genre before um, because of that, because you, we had different voices and, and different people, um, you know, from different walks of life who got to be a part of the creation of the process. So this book is a huge part of it. The second book, I think, is going to dial that up an extra level. So yeah, I, I really hope the second book kind of dials it up to 11 and, and takes the next step and has a bigger team doing more. Um, you know, I hesitate to say Kickstarter um, or something like that behind it because I think it's a little too early, but I, I will say it anyway, just in yeah. case. We yeah. do have kind of bigger plans for that second book. 
um, and to really showcase all of that talent and bring it in. Um, and the fact that we're laying that groundwork now is awesome. So I think that those are the two things on my mind right now um, that are just uh, worth celebrating. Like this thing to see it in the flesh is, is just really, really cool. Yeah. That's so exciting. It's very exciting. Um, and also, Tim, let, uh, where can they, can our guests or where can our listeners find your book? Where can they purchase your game? Uh, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So um, astonishingsuperheroes.com. So we, we built a website for it because we have so many initiatives that are going to stem out of it. So astonishingsuperheroes.com. We, we've, I think I mentioned we've already revealed the cover on there mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. after the artists did so. Um, so that's on there. There's a little bit more discussion around uh, the game that's going to be coming out um, ahead of the release. So the release should be February 2nd, I think, basically first week of February, we're going to release the game in physical and, and digital formats. 2 cool. 22. Um, That's yeah. a good day. Good day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, and uh, so I think, um, you know, the best place to go is, is going to be that website because we're going to, you know, kind of trickle out more information. So people who don't have any idea what we're talking about when we talk about <laughs> role-playing games can go there and kind of get a sense of what it's about. Uh, people who are familiar with the 1980s, uh, you know, Marvel game that it's that the system comes from and who've been fans of that game for so long and they're seeing this and they're like, what, okay, why are we getting a new one? What's going on here? They can come to that website, get a sense of it. Um, as far as social, uh, LSOSW podcast um, on Twitter and I think Instagram, um, that's the podcast that we've been doing kind of before this was uh, even the idea. Um, that's where you can kind of go hear us play this game uh, as, as it's kind of built um, over the, well, oh my God, it's been like almost two years now that we've been playing nice. this campaign. <laughs> um, but, yeah, if you want to hear us mangle the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, that's, a, that's a great place to find us. I'm just curious, is it the same game that you've been playing for the last two years? Like, is it just ongoing? Yep. So this, these games can literally last like oh, wow. forever. Yeah, like we, we, our normal thing was like playing D&D. We'd play like a session here or there and there might be continuity or not. Like it didn't matter. Like new players would show up, whatever. Like I said, this is a group of like 20 something people who, who've played together in different capacities. Um, but this uh, LSOSW was, was the, the original germ of the idea was we're going to start at Iron Man 1 and we're going to play this game. The, the only two rules are let the dice fall where they may and everything starts as it does in the MCU. But if we make different decisions and, and play these characters differently, then it's, uh, you know, there's no guardrails. And believe <laughs> me, it's cool. changed. In two years, it's changed. It's become a story of like, it's more about the Incredible Hulk and like uh, his his enemies and stuff like that for some reason uh, for a while. Hmm. And and we're going to be switching gears in the future to, to kind of tell new stories in that same continuity. It's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> It's funny too because we get to work in like you know as Loki comes out or as uh, you know the Eternals comes out or, like yeah. we've already started a campaign and like we have to like retcon in those ideas and so we find unique ways to do that and so it, you know it's it's really interesting to kind of like follow along and see how we either yeah. do really cool stuff or really stupid stuff with it. Yeah, I'm fun. really interested to see the direction that you guys took it and where your imaginations have taken yeah. these well-known stories and amazing 
uh, movies and storylines from the comics, like, but to get like a whole different take on it, I, that's really intriguing to me. Yeah, it's it's fun. I I, I wish I could say some spoilers because we have some cool stuff coming, <laughs> but I, I really can't. But uh, but needless to say, we. It, it veers off the rails really fast, but we we have mechanisms in place where it's like you could bring in characters, even if it seems like you can't, based on where we've gone. We found mm -hmm. ways to to rope them back in, and uh, you know things like you know this isn't a spoiler, but things like the the multiverse that Marvel is mm -hmm. creating, mm -hmm. and and you know like the timelines and Loki, like they already mess with their own stuff. So it's right. like there's already avenues for us to mess with it and make it all work somehow. <laughs> yeah, that that's so impressive. Yeah. I'm so proud of you, Tim. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You are. I can't wait it. to see Deadly Crimson too. I know. I'm, I cannot wait to get that in my I head. Know. I, I want to give spoilers because I've gotten to see right? a lot of it. But again, I'll I'll <laughs> let it come out before I say anything. But let me just say it. I cannot wait for this next issue. To drop. <laughs> oh man, fantastic. So exciting. <laughs> with COVID and everything else, you know how it goes with artists and artwork and printing and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how much you want to hear me drone on about this stuff, but really quickly, you know, it, it's crazy how much you see stuff like us coming together, creating things. And then there's other artists who are just like, this is my time off, actually. Like, I'm going to use this mm -hmm. time to just chill. And, and there's, there's room for both. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it, sometimes it prevents, causes some difficulties and, and whatever, but um, yeah, it's, it's weird times that we live in. So. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Jesse and I, we have day jobs. And so we work all day during the day and you know, it's seven o'clock at night, our time. And you know, we're recording a podcast. So we are right. constantly, you know, there's some nights we're working until nine, 10 o'clock at night, writing or doing music or, you know, whatever creative projects we need to do. And we will be working all day that day and then all day that night. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. so there's days like that. And then there's days where we are just like, today is a fire, some coffee and a chill day. Like <laughs> Nice. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it. You yeah. got to have balance. Life is all about yeah. that balance. Life is balance. Absolutely. Yes. Well, Tim, you have been an amazing guest. Thank you so much for coming on and giving your insight. Now, um, if someone wants to find you, is there a social media, Instagram, Facebook that, that you would like to share? Uh, yeah, so me specifically, uh, at Tim Bannock on Twitter, um, that's pretty much the last social media place I actually exist right now. <laughs> I don't really do so much uh, anything else for the social media, but um, really, I, I am the kind of person who I'm pretty outspoken in my personal life, but I try to let my work do its job. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. astonishingsuperheroes.com, a lot of that's going to be my writing, okay. um, you know, and, and so those sorts of, uh, and the games that I publish where they go up, like drivethroughrpg.com is one of the sales places where you can buy them, itch.io, mm -hmm. itch which is most famous for video games, mm -hmm. uh, but they also do role-playing games as well. Um, so, you know, my product is out there. So if you want to find it, I'm the only Tim Bannock on earth so it's very easy to find me. Oh wow! <laughs> Turns out it's weird, but that is really that's very unique. Wow! <laughs> yeah, the last name Bannock is not terribly uncommon, but there's there's no, no. other Timothy Bannock, at mm. least as of my last googling of myself. Wow! Yeah. Okay. Well, we have a challenge out there to our listeners because right. we have listeners all over the world. So there if there's a Tim Bannock out there, let us know. Right. 
<laughs> I want to find my doppelganger. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, Tim, you've been so awesome. Thank you so much for taking Thank the you. time away from Disney and away from your game to come and join us on the podcast. And today. away from Lori. And away from Lori. <laughs> Hi, Lori. <laughs> <laughs> so thank, thank you, you so much for, for coming on with us. <laughs> yes, it was great getting to see you again. <laughs> thank you. All right, bye. <laughs> okay, well, I think I just channeled my inner nerd there, and I'm going to have to start playing role-playing games because that sounded really freaking cool. It sounded really fun. <laughs> and I can see Crimson just in there just whacking around. <laughs> yes, so I, I hope that this game just develops like crazy and that everybody gets on board with it because it sounds not just fun, but the educational side of it, the mental yeah. health side of it, the inclusion side of it, there's so many good things. So I'm really, really excited for Tim and everything he's got going with this and his team. It's gonna be awesome. Yes, for sure. Um, and with that, this is a Creative Global Entertainment production. Did you get motivated? Do you feel inspired? Don't worry about keeping up with the Joneses anymore. And don't forget to celebrate your successes every single day. Thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow us at Facebook and Instagram at Reimagine Success Pod. Email us at reimaginesuccesspod at gmail.com. And let us know what your successes are. New episodes every Thursday at reimaginesuccesspod.com. So let's change our mindsets and reimagine success.